Yeah, that's proper magician's <laughs> name. It sounds Me. very similar. Yeah. The great Pejico. Stefan Pejik. Love that. <laughs> Guess of proper magician's name. Guess of what? Good evening, comedy geeks, and welcome to the super special interview with Stefan Pejik. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing, babes? Good. Very, very good. Thank you for inviting me on the show. Oh, hiya, Joey. How's it going, son? What's happening, kid? It's very nice to have you. Thank you. We've been recording some sketches. We yeah. have. We've got Dan in the room. Hello. Daniel. That's not my name, Dan in the room. Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Nah. When he was a lot younger, he was Dan in the womb. So that was a beautiful start to his... Uh... <laughs> so, Stefan. Hello. Tell us, when did you first start getting into comedy? Um, so my first uh, experience of making an audience laugh on money, <laughs> this could go either way, right? Um, no, it was. Uh, I was about 12, 13 years old. I'd become the youngest Butlin's Red Coat. And um, I did that for three consecutive summer seasons in Minehead. And obviously being on the stage, getting experience to be a red coat and have these shows, a little bit of improv. Um, I was also a member of the Magic Circle at that time, the Young Magic Circle in London and the Young Magicians Club. And I was actively gigging. So I was doing gigs, learning my kind of craft there and then at these parties or corporates doing like little cabaret type shows. Um, and I picked up from a lot of other people on the bill. I've been very fortunate to work with a lot of comedians over the years who've helped me um, and a lot of magicians also. And I was fortunate to be booked to do three gigs in London's West End when I was a teenager. Wow. So I That's did cool. the, uh, the Criterion. I did uh, the Polish Theatre in Hammersmith and uh, I can't remember the third one. Which is, <laughs> it wasn't very we're, memorable. We're no, it was, we're good. It's <laughs> It was the Millennium Dome, no. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I got an experience and a, a chance then to just play with the audience a bit. And I was, things were, things went wrong and then the audience started laughing. So I started playing on them. And that sort of Tommy Cooper, I suppose, element kind of came into yeah. it then. So oh. you went in initially as a magician. Yes, so the comedy, the, the comedy just developed as a sort of defense mechanism, I think. Um, I, I've got high-functioning autism. So my brain does work a bit different uh, <laughs> to most. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I was always very... I used to find it very difficult to talk in social situations. And in school, I was very silent. Um, and obviously, people would bully me then for certain things. So I was very inward. That's not cool. And I kind of found my way of projecting outward. And, yeah, it was comedy and the creative arts. Acting, yeah. magic. It's a great combination as well, Yeah, isn't it? definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your first ever gig like? Can you remember that? Um, I do. And it was actually a Christmas um, gig in Clidach in the, um, the Manor Park in Clidach. And it was the Magic Society's Christmas function. Nice. And um, I remember doing, I did an illusion there. And I remember coming off and everybody was clapping and all these older magicians and a few comedians as well. Uh, they were all like, oh, well done. It went really, really well. And I just remember walking off thinking, okay, cool. This is... This is what I like. This is something I feel really comfortable around. Hearing the audience cheering, hearing some clapping kind of became a sort of comfort blanket, a sort of like a wave that crashes over you and it makes you kind of go, oh, I know where I sit now. I can relax, settle back. Because I yeah. find it very difficult even going to a shop 
And if I have to go to a, a till in a shop, it's a nightmare for me because my brain, I haven't got any of the cool ones, like drop matchsticks on the floor and I can tell you how many I've spilled. <laughs> Mine is like a mirror image of that. So like maths and writing and things I find very difficult. If I've got to pay for an object in a shop. See, I don't. I call them objects. I don't even call them <laughs> items. That's how I view them. They're just objects to me. And if I've got to pay for something, my brain can't understand the difference in money if something's like one pound eighty something and I give change. I don't know how it works mm. that quick. So I have to give a note that's a twenty quid note for something that is only probably about three quid. So just carry a wodge of twenties yeah, around at just, all times. So I'm gonna get case. mugged after this podcast, don't I? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I know they've got the comfort in that's a bigger thing, so I'll definitely get something back. Or they'll definitely go, hopefully. you you need yeah, hopefully get something <laughs> yeah. back. And obviously having a contactless card now. After listening to this, you won't be getting anything. <laughs> uh, you're 20 short, mate. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to do accents, like ordering at bars. I used to hate nights out. I'd be the one in the corner, sat down when everybody's dancing. But if I had to go and order at the bar, I would always put on a different voice and I'd put on an accent so I felt more comfortable interacting <laughs> with somebody. Would you do a different voice with the same barman? Do you know, I probably did. And he's probably just looking at me going, oh. <laughs> I didn't know it was like a family reunion, you know, like siblings together, like I'm Spartacus, I'm Spartacus. But, uh, yeah. What would you say are your main influences or heroes or comedy or magic or anything? Okay, so my um, my big influence when I was younger, I used to watch a lot of Danny Kaye films and Danny Kaye was um, an American actor, comedian, singer. Uh, he was huge in the 1930s, the 1940s in Hollywood. Uh, he was most famous probably for playing Hans Christian Andersen in the Hans Christian Andersen movie where the song Inchworm and Thumbelina come from and The Ugly Duckling. And he was the first American to play uh, the London's West End and he played the Palladium and he had sell-out gigs. But he he encapsulated everything. So he was actor, singer. He was just so creative. And I used to... Love, love watching. Fact. Yeah, absolutely. I used to yeah. lo- I used to love watching the DVDs with my granddad. That moved on to the Jolson um, story, which was the, the Jolson films, which ties in with a role that I was very fortunate to play a, a couple of years back. So I, I finally played Al Jolson um, and portrayed him on screen, which was my granddad's dying wish. Wow. Um, and the wonderful Peter Richards at Flewellyn Theatre Company wrote a one-man play based around Al Jolson and the making of the Jolson story. So it was about Larry Parks, who was an actor in Hollywood, a B-list actor, had success. Jolson was his big breakthrough, but then he was involved in the McCarthy um, incident and the trials and uh, all the Communist Party stuff going on in America. And he was blacklisted in Hollywood. He he wasn't allowed to work um, after the trial. Incredible. So it was a fascinating play, and yeah, that was my grandpa's wish was yeah. to see me play. That's a great. Jolson. I love that story. Yeah, that's brilliant. No, like, one of the like last things I chatted about with my grandfather before he passed away was he was really proud. I got to play Buddy Holly in Amazing. the Buddy Holly show, and yeah, that's all, you know, like my last memory of him. Oh, I'm choking up a little bit. Oh yeah. mate, yeah, yeah, that's that's wonderful. Yeah, so I love yeah, I love yeah, that story. You totally connect to that. Yeah, wow. yeah, amazing. So that that's a huge... Yeah, that, that, that was a massively... So, like, I had other, um, I say, sort of comedy idols, people that I really looked up to when I was younger. Um, Brian Connolly, comedy-wise, yeah. entertainment-wise, <laughs> he was fantastic. Um, Brian Connolly. And I'm fortunate to meet him on many occasions now. Um, and we've both played Jolson, so that links in as well. <laughs> Strangely, yeah, he really? played Jolson, yeah, all over the world. He, did, he was the one who played in the West End. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, other influences were, like, 
I love people like Dave Chappelle, which is going completely Chappelle, the other yeah. side now. See, me and Amy had never really heard of Chappelle ah, before, right? until okay. uh, we did our special episode where we talked about people's favourite sketches. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, he was one of the people who cropped up in That's it. Mad, and yeah. Uh, it yeah. was good for us because we got to sort of see things that we never would have yeah. before. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's nice to see what absolutely what other people. Yeah. And then we can look that up then and see... Uh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I love the old school comedy, and I also love like I love every sort of style of comedy. Comedy is kind of my the only thing I feel good at, and is my yeah. sort of drug, and it keeps me going. What are you into like right now? That's current? at the moment. K and Peel. K and Peel. Absolutely genius. <laughs> that classroom sketch. Just, oh yes, oh, it's been course. shared so many times online, isn't it? But, it's, it's but they are phenomenal. Not only writers, producers, directors. He obviously he won the award for Get Out. Um, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, and uh, just their acting, and I think coming into it as an actor coming into comedy before I sort of did the stand-up I obviously was a child actor and I had success on, on TV with commercials etc that kind of what commercials were you on? so, uh, so like, I did can we um, look these up? yeah <laughs> absolutely so I was the face of Nickelodeon for a little bit um, oh, really? I did yeah. a Crazy Kids advert where my leg was behind my head playing air guitar it's a very strange advert but a few people kind of remember it <laughs> yeah and weirdly I remember it was the it was when the Twin Towers got hit. We were filming oh, it God, in the Nickelodeon okay. building and we were watching it on a screen and we saw the impact of the, the towers and we had to go then go, okay, and we got to go film this now. So we all saw that happen and oh, we man. then had to go and film. It was a very strange experience. Yeah. Um, I did WH Smith advert uh, where Nicholas Lindhurst played the mum and dad. Oh, yeah. Boy and all that. So we, did, we did one of them. Really? Um, <laughs> I vaguely remember McDonald's that. advert. I was the first person in the Millennium Dome, really. It was the group of the people that filmed before the Queen had opened it. They did a McDonald's <laughs> advert. Um, I did Kellogg's Crispix advert, where I had to be Kenneth Williams. And it was before Michael Barrymore's programme, Kids Say the Funniest Things. Oh, so yeah. you'd have me, Nicholas Holt, who is now obviously yeah. a huge Hollywood yeah. star, um, and a few others. And I had to go on. I was like a 10, 11-year-old. And I had to go on as Kenneth Williams. And go, oh, <laughs> And that uh, that was my one. Nicholas Holt was Frankie Howard. So oh, you had to go, what's yeah. it to him not? And that was his one. <laughs> so it was very bizarre. Yeah. So there's a few different things like that. And then I did a couple of films. I did um, a lot of like, stage work. What sort of films did you do? So when I was younger, I was fortunate uh, to... Obviously, I was with a, an agent at the time who was Mark German, who's a very well-known um, theatre agent, as well as a, a school mm. now. Um, and we were part of Ravens Court Theatre School in London. So the kind of team of kids in Mark Germans were always filming something. So it was either extra work on something or you've just got a part in an advert. Um, so, yeah, loads of things that we did. We did the Harry Potter films. Um, we were obviously just students and, and, all, and all that. Yeah. But there was loads of stuff going on. We did about a boy. Um, it's a very funny story about, about a boy, right? I love that film. So <laughs> I got told by Mark that I had a part in About a Boy. So he said, okay, you're the magician. It's a, a talent competition. And, you know, they've got different people and you've got a lovely bit. They're going to feature you. Go dressed in your magic outfit. Yeah. They made me go stereotypical magic, a white gloves and a cape on. I had like a, a sparkly <laughs> red like vest and dicky bow. I must have been about, I reckon, 11 at this, yeah. at this point. And <laughs> it was the most cringing thing ever. So we get there. My dad, bless him, used to be my chaperone. And he chaperoned all the kids at the same time. And like, Aww. my dad just... He, even though he's got the heritage of, of Yugoslavian, he is the Welshest sort of voice you can imagine. <laughs> Everything's all right, oh, yes, my, my handsome. Calls everybody my handsome. Like, he, 
band from the 90s in the corner playing music. All right, my Hanson. So it's like, yeah, everybody's a terrible gag. Sorry, that came out. And um, thank you. It's got to be done. But my old man gets me to the set and you can see the Cohen brothers, the directors are looking over like, why is this kid? dressed as a magician clearly like it was elaborated from the most of mark to me and they clearly just said oh yeah we can have extra bodies if there's a magician great but he had told me i had this part so my dad goes right he's here now he's here now for the uh he's got his own costume he's got his own props (laughs) right i've got all these props that i borrowed from the young magic circle and like i was rehearsing with bottles that floated and all these different things to have a little routine and um, we get there and you can just hear, uh, uh, why, is he, why is he dressed like that? Uh, is there some reason? Okay, you need to go and have a word with him. So this, the second AD comes over and he was like, why are you like this? My dad explained. He was told how to dress up as a... Turns out it wasn't. Oh, no. <laughs> How, However, um, they said, oh, let's see what we can do. So my dad was like, listen, now we've slept on a, we- for a, for a week. We've slept on a floor in Ravenscourt with ants on the floor, right? All of them together, slumber party like sardines. You are put in my son in the film now, right? We've come all this way from Swansea, right? I'm the guts now, right? I don't care who it is. My <laughs> dad is going Coen mad, brothers, telling the Cohen brothers off, right? <laughs> who are these guys? It was ridiculous. And then they were like, okay, uh, well, because it's meant to be, uh, you know, a really kind of contrasting thing. Marcus is really geeky and he's really uncool. And then you've got a breakdancing competition. And that's why it's cool because... You know, it's the Jackson talking about all this technical stuff. And the doesn't matter. Well, this is the thing. (gasps) See, long before, long before, like Dynamo and all, I brought it back to TV. You know, with the little doves. Yeah, I can understand why it wasn't cool. (laughs) But yeah, my dad had had a go at them, and then they got a polystyrene ball. They painted it green. They put like a stalk in it and pretended it was an apple with like a chunk bitten out. And said, "So when Hugh's singing now, and I got to meet Hugh Grant. This was really bizarre, right?" So, first of all, I was talking for ages to what was his body double, and my dad was like, Hugh Grant, man, you're full red and three, well, yes, Hugh Grant. It was just his double, <laughs> right? The guy went along with it, God bless him. I had a fort with him and everything on one of those turning cameras that <laughs> he still got it somewhere. It's a good thing social media wasn't around. Oh my God, didn't it? I would have got tagged in it and just owned. Hugh Grant. Yeah, owned wow. completely. But I finally speak to Hugh Grant, and because he, he, loves, he loves magic. And who's also dyslexic as well. He's very dyslexic and he had have his words like written in bold on the floor. And he was singing Killing Me Softly. And he goes, Oh, uh, you're a you're a you're a conjurer. You 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 are, you do magic. So I was doing magic for him in his dressing room. He invites me into the green room and I'm doing magic now for Hugh Grant. <laughs> My dad's standing there going, I see, I see. He wasn't gonna be in the film. He went, he weren't gonna be in the film. Suddenly it fast forwards to like them collecting me. I've got a stand at the side, I've got a bite an apple, throw it at Hugh Grant from my magic bag. And then that's the bit. So we come to watch this, and it's for like two seconds, right? Yeah. It shows you on screen less than two seconds. He goes, whoa, da, 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 da. And as he does that, he gets hit on the head with, a, with an apple. And then if you pause it, you see me. But it says in the credits, apple thrower. So even though I wasn't really in it, I get paid now every time that is shown on TV. So I'm well chuffed. <laughs> and my, my dad is featured on the DVD, the Coen Brothers talk about that scene. And they say that the dad was, you know, he's shouting at us. He come from Wales and he was like, you, you let my son throw an apple at you or we'll throw an apple at you. And it was like, so that's on that's that's on the DVD of, of <laughs> director's incredible. commentary. So I bet yeah, those two seconds as well took hours to film. It was crazy. Yeah, literally waiting around all day just to then do that. But it was yeah. a very sorry. I, I went off on a rant. Then. Yeah. Oh, it does eventually hit him. I think. I, yeah, I think it does. I think it does. But what a bizarre. Yeah. yeah. What's the strangest role you've ever done? Strangest role. Besides apple throw. Apple throw. 
Um, oh, I've done a, a lot of really strange ones. I mean, ones before, like I did. I went to college as well at thirteen, so like I'd come away from like being the red red quit in the summer for legal reasons. I could only do summer seasons, so I was there for the six weeks, and then I'd go to do National Diploma Performing Arts when I was thirteen too. And they one Christmas there, they had me as Prince Reggae, which is the most unPC thing. <laughs> so he was the the Rastafarian Prince. For some, it was a devised piece clearly that they just put me into, right? And you've got Cinderella. And I remember they gave me a dreadlock wig and they dressed oh, no. me up like a Rasta. And I can remember, can I do the rap? It's not even a rap. Yeah, yeah. It, it is crap, right? So, yeah, it's, Basically, it was this. It was me coming on and going, Ja, my name's Prince Ricky. I like her as sun peas. I ain't got nobody, so try on the slipper, please. I want to define me princess. Take her to me home. Eat happily ever after, as long as she won't mourn. Like a rasta, eating pasta, reggae child, she make you go wild. One, two, three, shout rice and peas, because if you do that, they won't make you fat. I don't understand what it means. I don't know why that was a thing. I don't understand, you know, but that happened. I've never seen that version of Cinderella. Terrible, terrible times that was, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, that did. <laughs> that, was, that happened, so that's mad. So, yeah, so... Luckily, every role I've ever played on screen or stage, like properly or professionally, <laughs> has been alright. You'll always have right. that as a baseline yes, exactly. low point. Um, Everything yeah. else been pretty decent. <laughs> could go on stage and all your equipment could yeah. fall apart, and you could be like, "At Nothing least I'm not bad. a Rastafarian Absolutely. rapper." Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was the most bizarre thing. It's also, slightly offensive. Very <laughs> yeah. indeed, indeed. <laughs> and the irony was, I was never allowed to black up as Jolson. But <laughs> dear me, if only I knew. If only I knew. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I weirdly, I've got to always be doing something. Um, so, um, impressionist, artist, um, magician, writer, producer, director, um, bit of everything. But obviously, I started as a, a character actor or, or actor rather, and I still enjoy character roles. Um, but mainly now, my stuff's behind the scenes. So, I write for a lot of other people and I uh, help produce stuff. And Tell us yeah. about your writing. Yeah, so um, I started off. This is when I used to do do the circuit and do the scene. Um, I started off with a lot of people that your listeners will know. Um, Simon Emmanuel and me used to run the Garage Comedy Club in the Hi, Uplands. Simon. Hi, Simon. We love you, man. <laughs> yeah, we used to run the Garage Comedy Club in the Uplands. We were fortunate to bring people down like Russell Kane, uh, Paul Futz and stuff back in the day. And then um, I started to team up then with a guy called Carrie Phillips, who played Ollie in Coming of Age on BBC Three. And we had a double act for ages, and we we toured doing the double act. We even went out with Simon as well to uh, Oslo in Norway to play. We got picked up by the Beeb, um, and we were in contact then with the head of comedy at BBC London, a guy called Simon London, funny enough. Yeah. And uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Didn't have to go far. And uh, so we're there in the meetings, and we we were developing what they were calling then a sort of new mighty bush about two Welsh lads. Um, and yeah, it just. I won't go into the reasons why it didn't happen, um, <laughs> in case Kerry tries to sue me. But we, we yeah, we, we didn't go ahead. And I still stayed in contact then with a friend of mine called Richard Mylan, who um, he's had success in like coupling. Waterloo Road, he played one of the Absolutely teachers. I love coupling. Yes, so he took over Absolutely from Jeff, he played that. Ollie. Um, oh, yeah, the that's guy. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And then he was, uh, I think he yeah. played Sheridan's. Sheridan Smith's uh, brother in Grown Ups then. He's done right. a lot of stuff, a lot of TV comedy. So there's a lot of things that he that he did comedy-wise with The Beeb and a few other programmes. Um, we stayed in contact. I started developing a, a musical, 
which went on uh-huh. in 2012. Um, and what then was it called? It was called The Musician. Oh, right, okay. And then we, we did we did that with Di Smith, who was from the band The Stories, signed to Sony. Oh, yeah, I know, yeah. And yes, we had a musical together that we started Brilliant. developing. And then loads of other stuff just happened, kind of like... Um, I'm trying to find yeah, almost like a spider diagram with more things coming out than <laughs> time to write things down. Like a creative volcano, it's man. Bizarre, there's, isn't it? there's just no end to bless what you, you can do. Bless you, mate. But yeah, so like loads of people got in contact. Um, I, I've now been very fortunate to um, be a contributor for some comedy for Comedy Central um, in America oh, um, and also HBO. I've, I've contributed to stuff there. I have some stuff on BBC Sesh as well. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I've got a sitcom in development with BBC London currently. I'm writing for a few comedians and a few magicians. And um, there's a few other projects that are spinning that involve on screen. Mm. So you've that, got a few, few yeah. little threads that are just yeah. nicely... Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So what can you tell us about the sitcom that you're... So the sitcom about? will be based in Wales... Um, is what I can say, and the sitcom will. It's a it's a collaboration between me and Richard Mylan. Uh, we're writing this together, and a lot of stuff is kind of based on real experiences we might have had, and we wanted to keep it as grassroots as possible. Really celebrate Wales. Um, obviously, we had great success in this country with things like Gavin and Stacey mm. being a half and half, like half chips, half curry um, <laughs> type type sort of relationship. I'd love your character to appear in it. Gwyn. Yeah, do you know what? I've, talk, I've talked about Gwyn yeah. a few times with a, a few different stuff. That would be really good. And obviously we had Stella and stuff, but there's not been really anything else that's really Welsh that has yeah. gone further than... BBC Wales, maybe. No, Tourist Trap. Tourist Trap, yeah. Is like, yeah. Again, probably the only yeah. thing that comes to mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we're fortunate that BBC London were very interested in it. And it's um, currently in those development yeah. stages. Oh, wow, cool. Moment. Got a lot more information there. Than I yeah. Yeah. You hear it here first. Absolutely. Okay. Exclusive. The Indeed. skinny. <laughs> so, right, regardless of comedy magic. Yes. What? Special skills, what do you say you have? Or what are you particularly good at or particularly bad at? Oh, um, I'm really bad with money, um, any kind of admin, um, anything like that. Sort of real world things. Um, I'm not very <laughs> good at stuff. all. Absolutely. <laughs> I've got to be chaperoned like Richie Rich through life. Like I've got people doing, I've got machines doing stuff for me. Um, <laughs> Get into the green. Yeah, yeah, too right. <laughs> but like I'm, uh, anything creative, I can more or less do. If there's a challenge of something creatively, um, whether it's learning something new, whether it's cre- somebody's going like, can you make this costume for me? Yeah, I'll give it a go and then I'll be able to replicate it as best as I possibly could. So anything creative, I'm very good at. Uh, special skills. I, I don't know if... <laughs> Put hypnot- you on the spot there. Yeah, hypnotism yeah. might come under that. Uh, hypnotism, <laughs> mentalism, which is kind of links in with magic, obviously. Yeah, I remember you sort of doing a little bit of that when, yeah. I, when I saw you before. Sort of like Darren Brown kind of stuff. Maybe this is all an illusion. Yeah, are you really here? No. I mean, yeah, you are. Think of three but- letters, DMT. That's all I'm saying. It's there. It's ready. <laughs> Tell us one thing that you have habitually overspent on, but do not regret. Um, I spend... I spent rather a lot of money on certain magic effects that came from China or America, stuff that was made for me. Um, Custom magic. 
That's cool. Customized. I only found out about this like a few years ago that you can like buy yeah. tricks. Yeah, yeah, and stuff, for sure. You know, ranging from like, you know, very basic things. Absolutely. And, but there are websites where you oh, can yeah. like, have, you know, if you've got a trick in mind, they'll make the Definitely. the stuff, the sort of, they'll Jonathan yeah. Creek the hell out yeah. of it and, and you get it. And it's, yeah. So like I used That's to spend cool. a lot of money on certain props that linked in with certain themes. But now um, what's fortunate about mentalism stuff is you don't need props to do mentalism. So mm. it's all based on either psychology or things called cold, cold reading, hot reading, cold which reading, I'm sure yeah. a lot of people, if you had Barnum statements, P.T. Barnum as in The Great Showman. So there's a lot of stuff that you can devise yourself and make unique to your own show just by going to Poundland and going, oh, this could be something I could link in with and I'll <laughs> use these techniques. So yeah, I used to spend a lot of money on magic. And now I just, yeah. Because it was back when I used to do illusions as well, like the big illusions obviously cost thousands and thousands of pounds at a time that's what's the what's the most expensive trick you've ever gosh um done? the most expensive trick that i've never used i'll put it that way <laughs> oh no i spent two three grand on something which i still haven't used or found oh. time to use which was an illusion okay. um so still maybe so maybe i think i'll try and sell it oh okay i think <laughs> the money disappeared the money did disappear, but um, yeah, you're right there. But the other sort of expensive stuff, I've definitely made sure I've used. So there's been a few things. Uh, we're talking like oof, maybe I've been offered stuff that I'll just say I've been offered stuff that's five to eight grand. That when you open it, you're like, oh my god, this, this looks like it cost you a tenner. So it, dep- it depends how you view the stuff. Mm. And obviously, being a music world as well, you know that like the smallest little thing that yeah. plugs in somewhere can cost you thousands and hundreds oh God, of thousands. don't you know it, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's mad. What's one story that your family always tells about you? <laughs> My dad tells the about a boy one. Um, <laughs> it is about his boy. That's though, very true, of, yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, maybe it's the... Okay, when I was in nursery, I told my mum that I was the innkeeper at the nativity. And I wasn't, I wasn't, but I'd like to have been. And that's all that mattered at that moment. So I said that I was the innkeeper and I had lines and she was very proud. Uh, In reality, I was shepherd number four. So if you know anything about the nativity, he doesn't do a lot. He just looks after the sheep while the others have got lines. And my mum's there and she's watching and I can see the guy comes out as an innkeeper and she's a bit confused. And she may be thinking, oh, maybe, you know, maybe there's two innkeepers. Maybe, oh, the story is, yeah, they let him in one. Maybe it's that. I can see this in her face and I realise. So I think it'd be a good idea to pull focus and piss myself. So I did. I peed myself on purpose um, just to draw the attention of that moment. And you could hear, Mrs. Davis, one of the shepherds weed. And then you could see, like, a pool starting to appear on the on the ground. And we we should have done a production of Noah. Let's just say that instead, <laughs> rescuing the animals, parted it like Moses, and literally there was a there was. A, this is the funniest part to me is I remember a child was dressed as Pingu, and I don't know why. <laughs> I, like yeah, randomly in, a, in the nativity. Yeah. Yeah, but so when this, this was like last year, was it? This or? was last year. Yeah. This was, and um, I damn, I wanted that role. And Nicholas Holt again. It was ridiculous. Special skill, you can pee on cue. Let's see. I peed on cue once, and Bond had words with me. But we'll. <laughs> if you had to think of the most ridiculous conspiracy theory, oh wow, what would it be? Make one up or? Conspiracy um, theory. Oh, interesting. I love, see, I love conspiracy mm. theories. I'm really into that kind of stuff. I'll watch that on YouTube. 
Um, oh, mine would probably go really dark. Yeah? Rather than silly, it might go really dark. And like water, milk, everything you drink, actually, you know, like a sand, I'm going to go really weird now, right? No, do it. You know, like a sand jar where you you fill up a sand jar, an empty sand jar, and you fill it up with this, the different coloured sand that mean different things. Oh, yeah, I know Imagine like that fills up, but it's different parts of your personality and ideas. But like a matrix type thing, you're creating the best version of yourself for the next parallel universe. So everything you learn in this life, you're filling up with experiences that you can filter through sand and you can have the perfect version of you in the next parallel universe. And that's where we really get um, deja vu, deja vu and, from. Um, that's yeah. a good concept yeah. of film. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's make it. Mm, that Let's make a good it. Good movie, film, yeah. It? yeah, and Absolutely. you can do each pa- yeah. successive parallel version of the person. So you have yeah. the perfect version of you that is getting yeah. ready and preparing for the next world. Really plot for a film. Right, I'm not going to yeah. say it on the podcast. Let's do it. Let's do it. Shh, don't say anything more. Do a podcast. <laughs> copyright. Copyright. Maybe, copyright. 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 Maybe that's why there's no life on any other planets because the planets are the next ones to get ready for this one. Oh. Wow. Oh wow, that happened. Oh. Oh. Copyright. Copyright. Copyright at all. Copyright. Don't if, yeah. if anyone brings that film out now, we're gonna send all of our legal team over. Absolutely. And, oh, you just <laughs> watch out! And of course, the Queen doesn't realise because she's a lizard. Of course, she's a lizard. That's the plot of a Doctor Who episode, I'm sure. There we are. There we are. Let's do it. Let's do it. Was Mr. Bean an alien, or was he just clumsy and he fell over? I thought I always thought he was like an angel. Okay, like, uh, like a fallen angel. So okay. I thought that was what they were hinting at. Maybe I got it wrong because it has like oh yeah, it's angelic music. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Or perhaps he's just fallen off the, the, the building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, through <laughs> the pavement. Oh, electricity. Yeah. Maybe he just goes around with his own soundtrack, you know, following him. Wow, the bit where he falls at the he beginning of Aladdin. That's yeah. the bit where like he damages his brain, and that's why he's so weird for the rest. Oh of the wow, this has gone really. Deep. I like this, it's Rowan. Like, if you're listening, <laughs> backstory. <laughs> yeah, he's really intelligent. Guy. We're kind of thinking about doing Mister Bean the podcast. <laughs> Slips off the building and then poof, and then he's like. Ugh. Put these in. sticks in a oh, bowl instead of twiglets, and yeah. That, do you know what? That makes sense. <laughs> or oh wow, right? That's becoming a film. Yeah, yeah. That's Bing. becoming a film. We've yeah. got loads of ideas here. Oh, I'm loving this. In other news, what is one thing you should probably throw out but never wow. will? Throw out but never will. Oh, this is an interesting one. Gosh, I do like to collect stuff. See, I'm a bit of a hoarder with certain stuff. With certain stuff. What do you uh, collect? So I collect loads of random. I'm really into antiques, and I'm really into anything. Like my ideal, like guest appearance on something would be like antiques roadshow. <laughs> like, other people are like, oh, I want to be on this. I want to be on this program, that program. I'm like, no, put me in a room now where they got like something with a bit of brass on it, right? <laughs> bit of brass, something that looks a bit like a nutmeg, and then whoa. Yeah, so I love, like, I've got loads of really silly stuff that I've got, like, at Neath Fair from, like, 20 years ago um, on a side stall, which is, like, a little brass mask or something or something that somebody's yeah. just made. Ooh. And I've just got loads of things like that. So you need to take one it one. on one of those shows. Definitely. And I love it on that show where they always go, like, um, yeah, I see these markings here yeah. and blah, blah, and then they go, they say, how much do you think it's worth? And yeah. Like, That's why I came on the show. Exactly. I don't know. If I'd find yeah. you, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> See these it's always excruciating when it's like, you know, barely nothing or it's a fake or something. Yeah. And you can see this old old woman or something is crushed. Oh, that's horrible, that is, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> oh bless. See, that. here where it says Banksy. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Banksy. Banksy didn't really do a crocheting. It actually um, says Lloyd's Banksy. Nice. <laughs> Lloyd's Banksy. Nice. <laughs> have you been to see the Banksy in I haven't. No. No, 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 no. No, I, no I, I think, see, I even though I'm, I'm an artist as well, I, I, I create a lot of art. I've seen it once on a, on a Facebook feed, mm-hmm. seeing, seeing that. I don't know why I would want to go up close and see it. Well, they've covered it now with the... They've got glass over it. It's only temporary. Yeah. But it's got wooden boards in between. So you I still can't bored. see I would be very bored. Probably, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's a big fence around it now. I don't I don't know why people are massively going out of the way to go and see it. I understand if it's bringing some culture to mm. Port Albert. Maybe that's what yeah. they mean. Visit Port Albert. However... Well, he sold it now. The, oldest, the owner's sold it. I was going to say, because maybe... You know, that isn't such a good advertisement. You know, the only thing we want you to see about Pasalba is some graffiti that somebody's done. <laughs> the funny thing is that the owner of that garage actually yeah. works for Tata Steel. Ah, And okay. the, that's what the whole concept is uh, right. inspired by. Oh, yeah. Hmm. hmm. Curious. Fuck him, I say. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting. It's... um. It's a good piece of art. It's quite big as well. I mean, anybody can print out a stencil, but moving on from that. <laughs> I had one yeah. of them one Christmas in a stocking, a fucking stencil. Go on, I'll come back at Christmas time and make my own. And this, this podcast episode actually shreds itself at the end. <laughs> um, can you imagine? All like, your tape breaks up. Oh, if you're no fashioned. Yeah, your phone catches fire. Like Mission Impossible. <laughs> your phone splits yeah. into ten pieces after listening oh, God, to this podcast. It doesn't really. Feel all it. like it, it breaks and it, it's like that alien that's inside Men in Black. Bun. The Orion's bun, Belt. Bun, bun, bun. <laughs> the oh, the on Orion's thing. Belt. Oh, bless him. <laughs> oh, Richard O'Brien's Belt. Oh, that'd be great. Richard God bless him. The Crystal <laughs> Meth. What's the best or most significant decision you've ever made? There's uh, a question. To wear a condom. When I no, I know she was a lovely girl. I'm joking. The most significant decision, career-wise or just Anything. in general. This links in with Butlins. Um, so what happened was I was severely beat up in school um, and I could barely speak. So like for a couple of months, I had no kind of skills at all. So my parents had booked to go to Butlins on holiday, and while we're there, I'm completely silent at this point. Got no confidence at all. We go into a, a magic shop just in Minehead, and the guy behind the counter is chatting. And he goes, oh, yeah, you're right. And you can see I've got a black eye and I've got, like, red eye. It's always horrible. Um, and my mum goes, oh, yeah, he's um, he's just, he, li- he likes magic. He really likes magic. But he's um, he's had a bit of a knock in school. He, and she kind of explains the story. And he goes, oh, do you watch uh, Sierra TV? I went, yeah. Yeah, he goes, oh, do you know who, that, who Stephen is? Steve Malone? I went, yeah. He goes, oh, he's been in a minute. He's, uh, he's my son. So he introduced oh. me to Stephen. And, they were, and the family were amazing. They were like, look, would you like to go around with the red coats and have a little look with the red coats to, you know, wow. to do to try and give me a bit of confidence um, and I suppose me saying yes to that yes. led to me even doing what I do still to this day Wow! so that was probably the most significant That's amazing. thing That's I ever had to decide on I love how it came yeah. from something you know quite a negative Absolutely. experience and you turned it yeah. around as well yeah. you just turned that glass upside it's down it's mad and- within yeah, a couple of off. minutes literally of, of being there I was like oh, I feel okay saw what they were doing they put a red coat on me for for like a week. They gave me like Stephen's first one, oh. and then I just went with them. Started listening to the dances. They had wrestling, etc. And then for six weeks every summer, huh? then I would pop down for the summer holidays. 
um, be a red coat. Flipping, eh? Do all of the entertaining. And just think, like yeah. that one little chance Isn't encounter as just... Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So who's going to play you in that movie of your life? Oh, gosh. Because <laughs> uh, that would make a really good story. Do you know what? <laughs> Nicholas Holt. Holt. <laughs> Nicholas Holt probably would. Bless him. Bless him. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> as, as his character in, um, what's that... Um, Kill your friend. Kill your... Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just all the way through That would be wicked. <laughs> yeah. Finally as well, where can we where can we follow you? Oh, on Facebook, I'm, uh, I've am i got a page which is Stefan Pedrick Entertainer on Facebook. On Twitter, it's Stefan.PedrickOfficial. And on... Uh, I was going to say WhatsApp then. <laughs> but on, <laughs> His phone number is... Uh, My address is... And it's Stefan.PedrickOfficial on Instagram too. And I have a website as well, which is www.stefanpedrick.com. And any upcoming gigs as any characters or my stand-up or magic or pantos, etc. Everything will also be on there. Everything is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So tell us. Tell us this funny story. Oh, okay. So here's a story which makes me look a little bit bad at the start. Um, and at the beginning and at the end, actually. I don't know why I'm telling this story. I don't know why you asked. Anyway, but um, a couple of years ago, I was doing a, a comedy show. Uh, it was a variety show. It was Dale uh, Francis's 100 Voices. And um, on the bill was uh, a very good friend of mine, I must say, Paul Johnson, who is um, a local radio uh, show host for Pontlou. Um, Paul is blind. And um, the reason I tell you that now is to make sense of what kind of happened the confusion so paul um very very much into cliff richard loves cliff richard um is sort of i think his morning show he plays wired for sound as his sort of intro and his outro so he's a huge cliff richard fan i had played cliff richard um in a thing called bachelor boy and then did a cliff from the shadows tribute band so it was all the 60s music so i could do quite a good cliff richard speaking voice I think you can see where this is going. And um, so (laughs) I got very drunk after a show that we'd all done. The next morning, a few of my friends, I won't name them. um, I'll call one of them Dave. Uh, It's always a Dave. It's always a Dave. And so Dave turns to me in the car on the way up to London and he says, oh, let's do a funny phone call. Should we, should we do a funny phone call? I was like, oh, I don't know, mate. He goes, go on, it's ringing, it's ringing. I went, who is it? I went, he went, oh, oh, it's Paul, quick. It's Paul Johnson, it's Paul Johnson. Um... I said, what should I do? He said, oh, be Cliff. So I thought it was a good idea at the time. Oh. And I go, uh, uh, Paul, it's, uh, it's, it's Cliff, it's uh, Harry Webb. And I just try, try my best at that moment oh. to just get words out because I was very drunk. I didn't know what to say. Nobody starts off a, a convincing conversation with, hi, it's, it's Cliff, it's Harry Webb, right? Nobody does that. So I thought he's going to know within the first couple of seconds. He'll laugh about it and then we'll have a good chat. But no. Um, <laughs> what then transpired was a conversation where I'm chatting to him and realizing, oh, he believes this. Shall I cut it off? And How the boys are egging long? me on. Oh, oh it was a, it was a little while. It pressure. was a little while. And Paul is the loveliest man in the world, right? And Paul's going, oh, you've made my day. This is absolutely fantastic. I can't believe it. You've really made my day. And I'm and I'm there going, that's okay. Just look after yourself, Paul. It's so lovely to speak to you. And just trying my best to emulate Cliff, which probably sounded awful now, but it has been many years since. And um, anyway, didn't think much of it. Okay, so we go to London, have a lovely time. 
two two or three days pass, and I'd see that there was a post up on Facebook and um, saying, "Oh, Paul Johnson has spoke to Cliff Richard. That's amazing." And I was like, "Oh no, this has got a bit out of hand." And then, and then it obviously it gets bigger and bigger, and then. Fans of Cliff had started being horrible to Paul when he'd posted, like he like befriended him in some way on some forum, maybe. Started being horrible to him, going, "Why would he? Why would he ring you and not me? I've been a Cliff fan for all these years." What? It escalated. Then it got to ITV, and ITV had found out that Cliff Richard had rung this person. Um, it was in the paper. They say Cliff don't talk anymore. He does to this uh, local hospital charity DJ. Photo of, of Paul in the in the paper holding the Cliff Richard CD, the lot, right? And it had gone to all the papers. Oh, it's got back to Cliff. Okay, so I'm like, they're going, oh my god! Every day there's something else coming out about it. Okay, and I really, really wanted to just say to Paul because he then what makes it worse, right? I had a message eventually come to me that was. I thought it was Stefan playing for playing a joke on me for for a moment, so. <laughs> I mean, there was that. He did kind of suspect. Oh, no. And it just got so big and I didn't know what to do. too committed by then. It was too committed. Got too far. And then I get a phone call off my friend, who we'll still call Dave. um, And he says, watch ITV. I said, why? He said, because Paul's on the Paul O'Grady show with Cliff Richard. (laughs) And I went, you are. You are, mate. And I thought I was going to turn it on and hear him go, now you, Stefan Pedicu, you little... And like having a go at me, going like shaming me in front of everyone, like being you horrible man. And he's and he's you know he's, he's blind. Does it make you feel good? Does it pulling the wool over his eyes type thing? Right? I thought it was going to be like that. And I'm watching it, and Paul is there. And he's in the audience, and you, Cliff takes the mic and he goes, "I want to speak to somebody called Paul. Uh, Paul is a DJ. Is Paul here?" And I just hear, "I can't believe this. This is the most amazing thing." He's crying. He's emotionally gets to oh. meet Cliff. Luckily, luckily, Cliff Richard and his team, or the Paul O'Grady show, had realised what had happened and that somebody had, yeah. in their eyes, played a trick on him really nastily. Some idiot. And, some idiot. Yeah. Some, yeah. And uh, they went along with it. They gave him all of these different goodies and oh. I think he invited him to a concert, etc. But wow. I literally that have is... never been so worried <laughs> In my cool life. You got out of that one, didn't you? That's well, that, you know, what, what, a, what a great thing. I met him, meet his idol or pedophile. Yeah. It's one of the two. It's, it's absolutely, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It could go either way. No, I believe he's completely innocent. Uh, so just put that out there in case I have to deal with some stuff with some team. Uh, but yeah, so that had happened. So, Paul, I don't think you know this yet, mate. Um, so, ta da! Surprise! You know. You're a horrible person, a but horrible also person. a very lovely person. Yeah, yeah you know. But it's such a weird. That happened. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Been... I, feel, I, I feel like. I don't know how to feel about it. You're like. Yeah, young and young. It's like face off, isn't it? It's yeah. like. Oh, wow. God. How could something so really, really horrible lead to something so Absolutely. Fantastic? I have foot in mouth disease. I think that's what it is. Where I don't have the, the cognitive thing to be able to yeah. I just run with an idea. We could that's... make a business out of it. We could like Absolutely. who else can you impersonate? We well it's brought... testament yeah, to how, how good your uh, that really is it's testament to how good your Cliff Richards impression is. Well at the moment it probably it probably sounds like David Dickinson or somebody. <laughs> yeah, like back then I'd obviously had been in the show and yeah. No, yeah, I thought, strange. I, I thought Cliff Bless was in you. the room for a second. Bless you, mate. Bless you. Yeah. Um, can you do Zac Efron? No, we never know, we, mate. We've had no. Zac Efron on the show. We've had him on the show. Well, it was implied. Oh, okay. I'm enjoying that. Implied? It was. Implied. He, was on, he was on the show. He was, wow. He came, came over. Well, I'll tell you, I'll try and get my head in the game and we'll be all right. We'll, we'll try and get it. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I saw his Instagram the other day because I, I follow yeah. Zac Efron. Yeah, yeah. He's, he gone, he's quite blonde. He's quite blonde, isn't he? Yeah, he's gone blonde. He has, got, he has gone blonde. Mm. There we are. You're, you're like magnets. <laughs> you're like hair magnets, knit magnets. Just thought I'd share that like with best friends. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, think, yeah. I think he was inspired by me. And you inspire everyone. Mm. You inspire the generation. He does listen to the podcast. So he does. He's like a biggest fan. Yeah. yeah. Stefan, I- it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. It's been a pleasure ruining my career by telling that last <laughs> story. So thank you too. <laughs> no, we've absolutely loved having you here. Thank yeah. you. And no, we're we're going to make you disappear now in a yes. big puff of smoke just to finish with a big magic trick. Ready? Three, two, one. Oh, Dan disappeared. Thank you, Comedy Geeks. So, Stefan, do you think you can phone my mum? She's a huge Richard fan. The Comedy Geek Podcast. Hey guys, it's uh, it's Cliff here. I just wanted to say thank you so much for another amazing uh, podcast. Comedy Geek is my favorite podcast of all of the podcasts. <laughs> I love it. Okay, I just wanted to say I listen to you even when me and my many wives, because I'm clearly not gay, my many wives are all in our jacuzzi together. It's a wonderful thing, and uh, I look forward to listening to you while I'm on my summer holiday. Okay, goodbye. Lots of love. Comedy Geek Podcast is part of Brit Pod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritPodScene.com or follow Brit Pod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.